Hey guys, welcome back to the Holland One Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bull. Thanks very much for listening. Please do remember to reach out if you would like to get involved in the podcast or if you'd like to suggest guests, that would be really appreciated. Uh, today's guest is Josh Geary, who is a really well-known New Zealand golf pro and managed to catch up with him. Now he's on his way back home to New Zealand after quite a, quite a successful season over in Europe where he's played quite a few um, European tour events. And uh, he tells me more about that and it's some of his plans ahead. Josh has had um, a really interesting professional career. He's played pretty much all around the world. He's had 11 tournament wins um, on various different continents. And uh, yeah, he sh- shares some really interesting insights. Uh, I hope you really enjoy this podcast. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Hey, not bad, Jack. Yourself? Yeah, really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, really appreciate you uh, talking to me. Thanks. No worries. Are you in the hotel there? Are you? Is that? I am. I'm in uh, the manager's it's like another week of, uh, of prison. So MIQ, is it two weeks in MIQ then? Two weeks, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so what, yeah. How, what are you doing to kind of get through it, like past the time? And... Um, lots of movies. Uh, yeah. I play PlayStation Handy, so I've been playing a bit of that. And um, got a few weights and can't you can see that my bed kept up the wrong way. So I had a few balls into the, into the mattress. Oh, wow. it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty painful. Oh man, making the most of it there. Yeah, it must be hard in a in a small room though, right? Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, so all part of it, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, like, are you heading back now for kind of like the summer in New Zealand to be based here over, like, while it's winter in Europe and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Um, the tour is pretty much wound up for the year. The last two events I wouldn't have got into, so um, good time to come home and refresh and get ready for next year, I guess. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I mean, overall, it seems like you've had a had a pretty good good season, a uh, good year there, right? Um, yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to been a bit better, but overall, I was pretty happy with how it went. Um, it, it was tough, obviously, not being able to get home to refresh yeah. mid season back. So, I sort of hit the wall there, probably a good sort of five or six weeks out from the end, and and just kind of the quality went down a bit, but yeah. um, basically just burnt out. I mean, that's kind of what happens when you play so much golf in a you know, short amount of time and obviously a lot of travel with that so yeah I mean that was it is what it is it's just kind of one of those tough years of, of travel obviously yeah no real tough and it's it's kind of like two years now as well isn't it almost so yeah yeah exactly oh wow well it must be feel good to come back after uh, being away for so long then uh, absolutely yeah it's kind of funny you sort of I'm back in New Zealand but obviously stuck in a room so that doesn't quite feel like home yet but uh, next week <laughs> Really good, yeah. No, be good. So, I mean, uh, where where are you based? So, you're originally from Invercargill, is it? Yeah, that's where I was born. Uh, but I grew up in Tauranga. Yeah. Um, so I'll be back back there. We got a place there. So, yeah. No, nah, cool, awesome. Like, where, what about when you're traveling in Europe? Like, do you do you just stay wherever, or have you got kind of like base there or friends that you stay with? Or um, pretty much just week to week to the hotels. Haven't got a um a base, so it's kind of. Yeah, just jumping around from place to place, really. And the odd week off, you sort of grab an Airbnb and yep. nice weather, do some practice. But um, yeah, that's also a bit harder. You're playing against guys who are, you know, I missed the cut on Friday and hit home for the weekend type thing. It's sort of yeah. tough to they stay. <laughs> it's kind of, it's easy for them, obviously, they're in their backyard. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough when some of them are complaining about playing five weeks in a row and it's like you're sitting there for five months going, oh yeah, <laughs> five weeks, you poor thing. Uh, but it's just, is what it is, yeah. 
are you, so are you going to take like a nice break now then or are you going to kind of get back into the practicing and you know range work and stuff or yeah i mean i'll probably have obviously two weeks off in the hotel yeah. um we have another week off or so and then just sort of start easing back into it you don't want to get um too much time off you sort of fall behind a bit so yeah i'll be back into the practice and i don't really know um what the next move is it's yeah. sort of uh obviously some event schedule in australia but who knows if they'll go ahead in january um so and there's some domestic stuff here that's been cancelled uh, over the next few weeks. So I guess wait until see what the borders are doing and and the you know what the outbreak's like to see what's going to be happening between uh, at least Australia and New Zealand anyway. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, you might be able to get out to Australia because I know they've they've had a bit of movement, haven't they? They kind of opened yeah, it up in Australia, but um... get over there. Yeah, no, cool, man. So, like, in on this on this season, so how how did you kind of get in get onto those European tour events? Was that through your performances on on the Challenge Tour, was it? Or yeah, I had my full card on the European. Well, I mean, my card through Q School in yep. twenty was, and then I had partial status the next year, which gave me full Challenge Tour. So I played mostly Challenge in twenty nineteen um, with a few main tour events, and then from my Challenge Tour ranking, I had category 18 which is usually about 10 to 12 starts in the main tour um yep. this year with a lot of guys not traveling and all the complications of COVID I guess a lot of guys played a little less uh and I got more starts because of it so that was one good positive from uh from the COVID stuff yeah like swings and roundabouts in it there's some events you can't go to and then others other people can't get to sort of thing so yeah exactly um, it was yeah a lot of the UK guys were well it, it all depended on what country had come from to where you could go and there's all these different green and red and it was changing so it was um yeah it was, it was a bit of a nightmare to be honest to, to try and get around from event to event but uh we got there in the end yeah so I mean is it like still pretty crazy over in Europe with COVID and everything and all the restrictions and um no it's actually got a lot more relaxed the last oh, wow. two or three months has been yep. a lot easier three or four uh, probably the first two or three months were very sort of strict you're sort of stuck in your hotel bubble and you're there for the event but couldn't really get out and about you were sort of just doing the golf course and a lot of um a lot of testing and paperwork and stuff but the last couple of months have almost felt like you know basically life is normal um you're out we're allowed to go out for dinner and there's events back on and it was kind of a lot more free you could sort of stay in airbnbs wherever you wanted type thing and um yeah, and it just, they sort of basically got on with life and uh, back to somewhat normality. They're still wearing masks indoors, but yeah. a lot of the restrictions have been lifted because of their um, vaccination rates and stuff. And so, it's yeah, it was actually it's a bit of a shock. A year and a half here with basically no restrictions. It was kind of life as normal. Went to Europe and it was like, you know, very strict. And as they relax now, I've come back here and we're kind of very strict. So it's kind of like... The way, yeah. yeah, hang on. But anyway... Yeah, and no, I reckon we'll I hopefully we'll get there in New Zealand in the next uh, you know, few weeks with our vaccinations and stuff. I think we're heading in the right direction. So Yeah, yeah, obviously a bit behind the time, but at least we're we're getting there eventually. But it sort of seems a bit six months too late, to be honest. But oh yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. A <laughs> year too late. But anyway, yeah. Hmm. Um yeah, so um, like you on the events you played in, you you made the most of early on, didn't you? Like, so you had you had a couple of really good finishes. Uh, was it Dem Denmark? Was it kind of like a top top seven, top six? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I got off to a pretty good start. I sort of was starting to play okay but when I left. I'd, I hadn't really played level golf for about a year and a, I guess a year and a half through COVID. I didn't, didn't leave New Zealand. So I'd played some domestic stuff here, oh, wow. which was good. Bit of a, a roll into those. Um, and I was, yeah, I was playing okay before I left. And then um, I think, yeah, I made the cut the first event, British Masters. And then I finished maybe 12th in the Challenge Tour. And then had a good week in Denmark. I finished sixth. Um, and it was it was kind of a strange week. I didn't feel like I played that great. It just sort of, you know, horses for courses. The course, yeah. I guess, kind of suited more than I realised. And kind of, yeah, I played decent, not not fantastic. Um, but it was good to get a good result under the belt too. Because um, the first, I mean, those first few weeks with the restrictions, are, it was very, very expensive to be travelling and um, staying in the hotels. Yeah. Were, were top notch, so we couldn't really avoid spending a lot of money. So it was nice to make a good check to kind of take the pressure off for those first few weeks. Yeah, man, it's not. It, it must must be so expensive. Um, you know, even before you set foot on the golf course, you got to get there and you know find somewhere to stay and all that and caddies and stuff. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So before you start the week, you're you know it's it's the best part of the first few weeks were sort of fives to six six and a half thousand dollars a week. So wow. <laughs> Probably playing decent, otherwise you can get into a pretty decent hole uh, straight away. But you just got to trust that over the season or whatever, you're going to have some good finishes. But yeah, it's not the um, the, the easiest thing to overcome if you've had a few bad weeks in a row. But uh, thankfully, I had a pretty good start, which would set me up for the rest of the season. So how did it feel kind of competing on that tour after, you know, playing elsewhere, like say Australasia or wherever? Um, you know, was there like a jump? different different standard or bigger bigger name players sort of thing you know or did you just sort of play your own game and um, think about yeah, it massive jump in standard um mm. and just the core setups are just yeah. a little harder um and i have not played for obviously about a year and a half yeah. on that it was a bit of a not a shock because i knew what was coming but it was sort of um a bit of an adjustment to sort of get back to playing proper golf again you'd say um were you getting punished for for anything sort of less than less than decent so yeah it was a, those first i mean and the first few weeks i sort of made a lot of mistakes a lot of, a lot of bogeys i guess you could say um just the game was a little bit a little bit erratic it was good but it was the bad stuff wasn't quite tight enough to be you know playing yeah. at that level i guess um but at the end of the day you know you play your own game there's some obviously great players but uh with golf it's sort of you know doesn't matter who it is beside you you can definitely beat them and they can beat themselves and vice versa so there's a lot of variables so you just do your own thing and and uh yeah and just keep plodding away yeah it wasn't didn't seem very fair the guy who won was it Wiesberger or someone he he won it like last year didn't he and he just loves that course just kind of is almost unbeatable yeah yeah he's pretty a good player she had both of them a couple of times this year yeah. he's uh, yeah very so he's won eight times out there now and had a good week that week and kind of you can see that that course would kind of suit his, suit his game um yeah but uh yeah it's just one it's such a i guess the in that, in that final few holes had a couple of things i had one thing go really i guess good for me but a couple of sort of missed short putts could make a big difference to finishing sort of t2 t3 and yeah that could have almost changed my status for next year so wow. it's it's those, I guess, those um, the top finishers. They're they're the ones where you need to sort of really take advantage of and yep. and get the most out of them because the rest of it doesn't really matter when you're making cuts and finishing forties and fifties. Mm. It's not doing a lot for 
this status. So it's really about those um, those kind of weeks, really getting the most out of yourself to push, you know, those top two, top threes, or obviously a win, but um, to get those points up. Yeah, those, I mean, just, just like you say, there's a few pets here and there when you're that close, but it's tens of thousands of, is it euros? <laughs> euros you're playing for or pounds or whatever? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, so it's sort of hard to not uh, think about it too much, but you, you know, those are the weeks where you might get, I don't know, one, two or three a year where you're in the, in the kind of mix like that. You really make those make those count because that's all your, all your status points basically in, in those weeks. That must have given you a lot of confidence though, you know, getting the top tens and some other good results, um, you know, for the rest of the season and knowing that you could sort of compete with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely gives you a bit of confidence and a bit more freedom. Like after a good yeah. week, it's sort of the next couple are always a lot easier. You're sort of swinging a bit free and not too worried about the financial part of it and allows you to play some, some better golf for sure. So um, yeah, they're definitely important to have those good weeks. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, um, I've sort of over time, you know, followed a bit of the Charles tour and stuff. So I know you're kind of always <laughs> in the many on the Charles tour, it seems, you know, when you're playing and, or you, you've been right in there, the mix on the, in the New Zealand events, haven't you? And the New Zealand open and stuff, but it sounds yeah, like yeah. you've played all around the world, doesn't it? Like on, I was just reading the list, um, how many tours, different ones you played and all the kind of main ones and, and yeah. China and pretty much everywhere, but the PGA tour almost, Almost, um, yeah, a lot through Asia, Australasia, yep. um, the web.com, well, the corn free tour now. Um, yeah, one Asia, China, <laughs> European challenge, <laughs> <laughs> um, which has been good. I mean, obviously, pretty well traveled now and seen most of the world, which has been um, a big upside to it. Um, so yeah, a lot of places I would never would have gone, probably, and I've seen, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like, is, was there any in particular you kind of enjoyed the most? Because um, I've, I've heard, you know, China tour is, has been quite good for some people as well, you know. And Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my time in China. I, mm. I think I had four up there and about 20-odd starts. So um, that made it a lot more enjoyable. Um, yeah. And I've got some great golf courses up there. And, yeah, that was that was a really good. That was kind of a, a good couple of years up there where I was I didn't really have status any on any main tour apart from Australasia. So that was a very good little bridging tour for me. And it ended up getting me into the European Tour School second stage or no maybe finals can't remember. But I got my car here from my China sort of leg up. So yeah, that um, served me well, China. So um, yeah, that. But I think I enjoy traveling through Europe and some a lot of cool countries. Um, yeah, just all the, yeah, the history and all the old sort of towns yep. and very beautiful. So it's um, I've seen some really good sites there. And I, I'd probably say um, Czech Republic or Prague is probably my favourite city to, to visit. It's, um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, some pretty cool places there. I mean, it sounds like yeah. you've been all over basically. So uh, and you and you pretty much you so you won in Australia, uh, Australia tour, Australasia, uh, China. Uh, and you went on the Canadian tour as well, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was my yep. first win back in the day, yeah. Very good. No, that's impressive. So hopefully you're up next then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a couple of close calls in the Challenge Tour too. Uh, yep. Won the seat in the clubhouse and the, um, the guy I hold about a 15-foot putt in the last to, to sort of, you know, keep me out of the playoffs. So that was a bit gutting. I sort of had a good finish those last few holes I was playing quite well so I was kind of looking forward to going to the playoff at least um but the last 
last hole is quite a tough hole and I had to sit there and watch him, you know, make birdie on the last hole to sort of put me out was a bit gutting because I was sort of fairly confident I was going to get across the line there near the end. So, yeah, I think I've had three second places on that on that tour without winning. So it'd be nice to, obviously the main tour as well, and everyone over there, but that'll be the next step to try and get across the line in Europe for sure. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, so you went to tour, tour school, didn't you, a couple of years ago? Like how tough is that? Is it is it like six rounds or something? Yeah, six rounds. Um, plus, I mean, usually two golf courses. So you play probably four practice days uh, beforehand. And that time of year, the weather can be quite cold and windy, um, which makes it just a, a long week. And, you know, obviously there's a lot on the line. But uh, I had a, I think I played the tour school three times there. Had um, a couple of good results. I missed by one, um, one of the times, but got through another time. So I've actually played fairly well at the golf courses. I've had the tour score that, but um, yeah, it's a t- it's a long week mentally. It's just yeah, you're sort of never out of it, and it's just a, even if you're playing well, it's like yeah, it's just a tough long week, a lot of pressure, and after that week, it's kind of like just mentally exhausted more so than you are for a four round or, or a big event. So it's um, it's pretty grueling. So like, what have been some of the kind of highs and lows of all of that, all of these tours you played on, and you've had wins different different continents and stuff and then you've gone through tour schools like could you just share some of the kind of really great times and then some of the not so great yeah. I guess yeah um yeah I mean I mean I've had some highlights in sort of all those tours but I guess uh thinking back probably my first win in Canada um was a pretty big one I mean going from playing the amateur golf back home and a bit of worldwide amateur golf to actually winning a professional event uh it was only my second year I was maybe only a few months into it uh, and I won in Saskatchewan um, and that was yeah big a big sort of like oh wow okay you know I'm sort of at that level it was it was nice to prove it to yourself early on uh, in my career so yeah probably the most important in terms of yeah. all the wins reason I guess um, and most of my wins have been about the same similar level I guess of, of places nothing really outstanding in terms of the a big a big win but um that's probably the most important yeah um and the lot there's been plenty of those that's for sure <laughs> yeah a lot of those but the one that hit me the hardest was probably the q school uh 2018 maybe it might have been um kind of hard to explain but i was on the last hole's par five you need to go for it or you don't yep. um and there was the scoreboard i'd passed on 16 only had the top five names on it didn't have the cut line of what the card was going to be which is a bit sort of I mean no one really cares who wins Q score it's just about the you know the cut number for the cards and on the oh I'd worked it out we'd basically the cut had moved three shots every day and the last day was was no harder it was almost easier I would have thought but a lot of pressure obviously and based on that I thought I needed an eagle on the last hole uh, or at worst a birdie to sort of maybe sneak in uh, and with no scoreboards available, I was sort of talking to my caddy. I'm like, well, you know, I'd hate to lay up, make five and miss by one, not having given it a go type thing. Um, yeah, we just didn't know. So we're sitting there. I'm like, well, and there was basically if you lay it up, it's the easiest layup in the world, an eight iron to a, a paddock and you just sort of wedge it across. Um, it was water, water short left and right on the left-hand side. Um, and I, I just I took three wood and, and sort of just slightly pulled it into the water. I made six. And par would have been good enough to get my card that year. Oh, so no. 
it was oh, just shocking. Could, you could not make bogeys for trying laying out, but I, I thought I needed more than I did, and there was no way to just didn't want to. It was just a yeah, that was that took me a long time to get over. Um, well, I don't know if I still have them over it yet, to be honest, but um, yeah, that was tough because it was like a it wasn't a mistake, obviously, it was a bad swing, but it was a swing I never would have made if I'd known five was the, the number I would have just laid up, wedged it on, and then just kind of made four slash five. So that one, um emotionally it was very hard to take it was it was it was not pretty after that to be fair um so that was a hard one to swallow it's probably my lowest point i guess i've been in, in in golf yeah so there's plenty of low ones but that one that one hurt the most wow that's that is that is super painful um but i mean like you've obviously bounced back haven't you you know and yeah yeah made it back out there and... a few weeks to get over but you can't keep dwelling on that sort of stuff you gotta get on with it and, and move forward but um yeah anyway that was that no was it's a long. cruel it's a cruel game isn't it when it oh, comes absolutely. down to that margin like that and and like you said before about when you watch the guy hold that putt when you you know you were out in front and then you know you think you might be in a playoff and then the next thing that he's one sort of thing and oh yeah it all happened pretty quickly be... when i actually might have won in front and then when i'd signed my car to come back he'd be uh, behind me and then last time made birdie too so it's like it, yeah you sort of riding that wave too of like oh, i've got a good chance here and all of a sudden you're like oh no i'm i'm second <laughs> done <laughs> um but anyway it's uh it's where it goes sometimes it's gonna play better i guess so i mean like in new zealand you've had on the charles tour you've had quite a few wins haven't you and you you've had a real lots of really big finishes haven't you yeah i think i've had five wins but to be honest it's been a while since i have won i've had a lot of seconds lately which yep. has been uh, annoying but um yeah, it's a great cool stepping stone of a tour to keep keep fresh when you're back, keep playing competitive golf when you when you're back home because that's, I guess, the thing that a lot of us are lacking is is competition when you're not on the main tours. Um, and a lot of guys have gone from that tour overseas and play well. Like Mike Hendry's had a couple of, I think he might have won in Japan pretty soon after he won on the Charles tour. Yeah, uh, used it a lot of times to to play before going overseas, and you just it's just a lot of an easier transition. Um, and there's been quite a few guys who've been playing out there and have gone on overseas and done well. Uh, Foxy's played a few of them. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, it's a really good thing to, and ideally a bit more of those events would be, or a few more yeah. of those events would, would be awesome. Uh, it's great for the amateurs too, to, mm. to play you guys who are overseas playing, you know, most of their time and they come back and can kind of measure their game off, off a few of us, which is, um, at least it's a great concept and it's really good for uh, everyone involved. Yeah, no, so definitely, like you say, the guys like yourself and Foxy and some others have, have gone on, haven't they, too, uh, do, do really well. Like, so it, it's obviously a good um, stepping stone, isn't it? And Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it'd be nice to get a few more. Obviously, it's not as easy as that. But, um, yeah, just creating that competition and, and some pathways for, for guys to sort of springboard onto other tours. And um, and recently, obviously, Dan Hillier's played most of them, and he's now had yeah, a and he's right in position this week to get his main tour card. So, you know, without, you know, the regular competition back home, he may have taken a few more yep. weeks to walk and all of a sudden he's missed his window. So it's pretty important little tour, yeah. How hard is it, though, obviously being based in New Zealand and then a lot of the golf, the main tours are kind of America or Europe. Like, how hard is it actually kind of for people coming from New Zealand to, you know, actually just travel over and like finance yeah. it and stuff like that even? Yeah. 
tough. I mean, if you look at the guys who've done well over the years, I mean, most of them have been based overseas. It's just, um, it's just hard, especially Europe. There's a lot, so much travel. And when you do get a week off or two weeks off, you can't come home. You're just too far away. And so you really refresh properly. Um, like I mentioned before, you got guys who miss the cut on Friday and go home for four days and fly back out on Tuesday. It's like, it's so good to get home, see your coach or whatever, and just refresh, see your family, your friends, and then you're back out the next week. Whereas, you know, this year, especially with COVID, we've been, well, I've been away for six months. So it's kind of, at some point you sort of hit the wall and it's just kind of hard to get that, um, that mental side of it. So you're never quite refreshed and the sort of fatigue of traveling and playing a lot. It's, um, definitely advantage to have an overseas base or, or live overseas for sure. Um, Cause it does, it does make it hard. It's definitely harder to, um, to yep. compete from this here for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the world. At least you're over there doing it. It's kind of maybe a little harder in some aspects, but it's just nice to be over there playing, especially when there hasn't been much on back home. Yeah, no, I know. I, I think um, there's not much been happening in the last few months. Is there here for sure? No, I think since I've left, I've only played, one or two pro-ams so I mean and nothing in the Australasian tour so uh yeah it's I've just been grateful to be playing to be honest it's been yep. you know a lot of people jobs out of work but we've been able to keep going which is nice and so kind of growing up in that like you you had a you had a really good amateur career didn't you you won the New Zealand amateur and played the Eisenhower trophy and and stuff like that like what was that probably the highlight you know being New Zealand amateur champion uh, I actually won the under 23s, not the, not oh, the amateur. Yeah. Um, at that time, it was quite a big event. With, they had two or three Australian teams coming over to play that, their top players. Um, yeah, and I think I won by 12 shots that week. I had a pretty good week. And um, that was definitely a highlight at the time, a big highlight for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was the second part of that question? Oh, so you were, so you were, in, uh, you, you were in the Eisenhower Trophy. Yeah, so I played two Eisenhowers. Yeah. But to be honest, I mean, I guess New Zealand had, New Zealand golf was sort of um, looking at that was kind of the pinnacle of amateur golf. But to be honest, it really was a bit of a letdown. It was it was a good event, but it was I was expecting a bit more. There was, the, I mean, they had four or five or six good teams with, you know, three players a size. You got like 18, 20 good players. But really the, the stronger fields in amateur golf were more the US events. Yeah. Uh, I think Port Border Cup, Players Am, US Am, those sort of ones. So, um, yeah. Yeah, was, I guess there's only three. Is it is it three or four person in the team? And then? Yeah, with three players per team. So, I mean, after the first sort of seven or eight decent countries, it kind of, <laughs> the, the level drops off quite it a bit. Off, yeah. It's a bit different now. Right? That was obviously a few years ago. But, yeah, I think there's a lot more events now that, are, that almost supersede those ones. The Asia Pacific playing this week, actually, the amateur. I think that's quite a big one now. Yeah. Um, master spot up for grabs so yeah it was a i mean a very i mean privileged to play for new zealand twice it was awesome at that level for sure but yeah the this wasn't um what it was sort of described to us as in a way it wasn't didn't feel like a big event there was no one watching it was kind of like a oh. unless you won no one really cared type thing it was quite, quite bizarre i guess it depends the country though doesn't it like what what, what countries were they in and yeah i mean i played in puerto rico um and South Africa, um, and off on great golf course. That was it was pretty cool. My family over for both of them actually. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's just in terms of I guess amateur golf is 
a lot bigger events now that are you know, stronger fields, more important than than the Eisenhower. So um, great to be a, a part of and, and definitely privileged. But um, yeah, I think yeah, especially now there's sort of USM for one. They're playing, you know, they've got ranking points to get in, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you've got the field and world amateur golf um, in one place, whereas the Eisenhower, you know, the US number four to ten might be stronger than half the country's top three players. <laughs> Yeah, you don't quite get the full the full. Yeah, strength. like those events, the British Amateur and US Amateur are massive now, aren't they? You know, they're like fully televised and all around the yeah, world exactly. and like say the standards yeah. really high. Yeah, so high so sure. like what what time what point did you decide, yep, you know, you want to make golf your career and turn professional and um I guess when I was about 16, 17, I was kind of thinking of it. Um yep. probably got to about 19 when I sort of started winning quite a lot and that was kind of when it became more of a reality I guess um so yeah probably not one or two from maybe 16 and then I definitely from 19 I was like right this is what I'm doing yep. I'm, of, I'm in I'm, I'm doing it so yeah or maybe 18 or 19 around that time when I started having quite a few wins and I was like okay this is now achievable and yep. and uh game's kind of there so I, I turned when I was about I turned when I was 21 in the end but I probably should have gone earlier to be honest I sort of wasted about a year and a half i sort of playing amateur golf i'd sort of already done it and yeah 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 i just oh, didn't quite... to do. yeah so anyway i probably should have got earlier but um yeah so probably about 19 was the the go age so like you didn't think about oh you know trying to go to college or anything then it was just you were already winning stuff and it was time to kind of turn professional basically was it yeah well i actually at that first eisenhower i think i finished fifth or fourth or fifth and um I had some offers from schools in the States at that time. Yep. I was like 19, 19 already, 19 and a half. Um, and that was where I was like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? I didn't quite know what to do. Um, New Zealand Golf kind of advised me of, if you go, we're basically going to drop you from the teams and squads. So you're not going to have to go to America. Of, yeah. Um, they sort of <laughs> gave me the analogy. Pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah. I think they've changed their tune now. But yeah, they, sort of gave they must have done it now. Yeah, I was like, basically, we can't compare apples and oranges. So how yeah. do we know? You know, whatever. So, and I was on a pretty good wicket with them, traveling internationally, yeah. playing quite regularly. So I was getting exposure to big events on a regular basis anyway. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just stick with this and, and, and turn pro in a year or so. But yeah, hindsight, I don't know. If I'd have, yeah, I probably, yeah, probably would have gone if I was eight, if I was just turned 18 type thing and had the offer then or the the knowledge then, I probably would have gone to America for, you know, and did a scholarship for sure. But yeah, it was a little bit too late and I'd sort of, yeah, didn't quite know which way I was going and um, no regrets. I ended up living yep. in America years and, and got a good taste of golf over there anyway. So yeah, I think it was uh, a good Was one. that when you played, you played on the web? Oh, sorry, the second, the second tour, didn't you? Basically like yeah. the Corn Ferry tour. Yeah, I played a bit of Canadian tour, so I was living in America playing, um, and then I got some status on the, it was Nationwide, then Web.com, now it's Corn Ferry. Um, so I, was, I think I maybe had about three seasons out there, remember, um, which was which was really good. I enjoyed America, um, and then I ended up moving home in 2013 when I lost my status, so moved home and kind of regrouped and got back to Asia. That's cool. And then... Um... Was that when you when you won those tournaments in Asia, or did that take a while to kind of get used to playing out there? And that was a little bit later. So I kind of yeah. I think I was in Malaysia that year. I came back twenty thirteen, 
um, and a few Charles Tour events over those next couple of years. And I went to China in 2015, I think. Um, and I won three times in that year up in China pretty quickly. And then, yeah, so I had a couple of years in Asia and then been basically Europe, which end of 2017. So it was about then. So is there anything like you're kind of going to work on anything you're working on in particular, like trying to improve a new game or, you know, are you just sort of like a good, good player in all the different aspects? Um, oh, there's always something to work on, that's for <laughs> sure. Even when you're sort of, you're there, it's sort of like maintenance and then trying to yep. keep it there. More, sort of, I've definitely got a bit of work, a bit of work to do um, over this off season. A lot of it, to be fair, is, is on my body and it's getting better. Um, just a few range of motion things and just things that when you get overseas and you're playing week after week after week you know you've got to know your tendencies what your body do, you know tightens up in certain ways and that kind of affects your swing so just trying to get that the same day in day out week in week out it's probably the hardest thing to be honest because if the body's feeling really good week in week out um usually you're swinging it pretty good everything feels pretty pretty in the right places but yeah it's hard finding um good physios when you're away you're not yeah. you know you got all that sort of stuff chiropractors physios and if they're not quite used to you your tendencies are sort of that's quite a challenge in itself so really you've got to be self-sufficient and that's what i've been working hard on the last couple of years is relying less on physios and chiropractors trying to do a lot of it myself and it's been it's been an interesting journey it's it's it sort of blows your mind the more you learn about the body harder it becomes almost but i'm at a point now where i've got a pretty good handle on all my what my body tends to do week in week out when, it, when it's stressed when it's played too much what tends to happen and how to get back to back to neutral so i can play better golf um and that's taken me probably a good couple and a half years to to figure that out and that's why i'm pretty excited about next season i think by then i'll have it pretty well nailed and i should be and it just makes it a lot easier for me um when i'm feeling good with my body the, the golf usually follows suit so Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome that you, you've kind of taken the time to learn, learn about it and, you know, do stuff yourself. You don't have to rely well, on anyone yeah. else. Yeah. I ended up um, having a physio, Emma Ferris, come over to Europe a couple of times in 2018 and she sort of taught me a few things and was sort of, yeah, that was the start of the journey, I guess. And then from then there's been so many different uh, aspects to it. It's crazy. So it's been a big learning curve, but I think I'm almost there, which is uh which is pretty exciting because when that yeah you know, when that feels good I play play really good golf so that has been the work of progress for me mostly um, but it's always working on little things and technique and short game mental game it's sort of a never ending never ending thing so yeah you just got to keep keep sharp and just keep improving obviously did you do, do you think there's anything in particular that sticks out um you know playing at the level you're at now on the European tour like versus other tours you know what have these players got that kind of you know we people want to aspire to yeah it's just uh i guess consistency is the biggest yep. thing the european guys are very impressive uh with their sort of ball control uh and the wind and conditions um you know the if the wind gets up or if it gets cold and windy or wet the scores don't seem to change that much um <laughs> always sort of surprise me you walk off sometimes it's freezing cold <laughs> and windy and then you look up like oh someone shot 64 out there you're like he just <laughs> wow okay because i've got really good control of their ball their ball flight in the wind and they they just look like well all machines like week in week out you sort of you know and then you've got 156 really good players there's always going to be 20 or 25 guys shooting good scores so yeah um but in saying that you've got to you know do your own thing too you can't get too sucked into what mm. everyone else is for guys like oh this guy hits it miles i need to hit the ball further it's like 
maybe that would be nice. But really, if you get the best out of your own game, you can compete on most golf courses. So you just got to be patient too and not get um, too down on yourself when it's not going well because you might, of course, you something just clicks and nothing really changes, but you also need to go and have a top three or a win. And, uh, you know, three weeks earlier, missing cuts, but I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, it just kind of <laughs> plays. So you just got to look after yourself and stay positive and just, just keep doing doing what you're doing because at some point it, it usually turns good that's really good advice man i mean so you're not you're not chasing extra yards and stuff you know like when you see guys like nian bar who hits it don't know how far <laughs> 400 yards I, or something. I, I actually played at q school i got paired with him when he was 18 and yeah. i remember oh i had a good tee shot i got there his ball he's quite a smooth you know he's quite a tall guy but he's quite yeah. smooth this ball was like 50 meters past mine. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Next hole, I had a good tee shot again. Get up there, I'm 60 meters behind him. I was, I was sort of scratching my head going, how's going on here? And then fast forward, you know, three years, here's who he is. He's just a freakish talent with, you know, hits and miles. So, mm. I mean, I'm definitely trying to like, pick up a little bit of speed, but I'm not sort of, um, for me, if I'm in play for, you know, 18 holes, if I keep it in play, keep the tee shots pretty tidy, I'm going to usually score pretty well. So I don't want to, you know, with length comes inaccuracy or can do. It's very hard to pick up length and then keep it as straight. And it's like the European tour, I guess, is, is less. The American tour has gone that way for sure. So it's length, length, length. You know, the, the style of golf courses suits longer players, even if they're not driving it straight. Whereas Europe, they've got enough uh, variation in the courses. They've got a lot of short ones, long ones, you know, links courses, a lot yeah. of conditions back to more the wind the weather so it's not as important i don't think um in europe at the moment so which i think is a good thing it, it's usually a, a um a credit to the golf courses you're playing whereas american the designs it's just sort of gone all one dimensional just they look the game. same a lot of them look the same don't they yeah just well yeah it's just kind of they hit it high and hard and the wind's nearly well hardly ever a factor i guess <laughs> over there as compared to like europe or, or, or new zealand for that that matters a lot more elements involved with you know with um conditions yeah so he's wilco's probably the longest player you've played or anyone's ever played with you honest, but who's like the best yeah. player you played in like both in europe and new zealand as well um best player i played with uh martin kamer a couple of years ago yeah. on, obviously an ex-world number one and major winner uh he was very impressive even though he wasn't playing that well for him, it was like, you can see the potential, I guess, with the next up the level of yeah. of those guys. It was pretty um, obvious to, to watch him hit his long irons and whatnot. It's just like, you know, next level good. Um, he can hit a two iron. Um, his two iron is meant to be like the best out of anyone ever, I think, isn't it? Yeah, long I mean, irons and... very impressive. His long iron player was like, and that's the thing, you look at the guy, you're like, I can't do that. I'll never probably be able to do that. But you don't need to as well. I mean, okay, if you want to get to world number one, you probably do need that. Um, <laughs> these days, you definitely do. But it's sort of like, I can still beat this guy today. Yep. And just, I mean, he's probably going to beat me more than I'm going to beat him. But you give him a week, you can still win the golf tournament, still beat those guys by other means, you know. It's not even, but it's, um, it's pretty impressive to watch, that's for sure. Um, and then, I mean, there's been, I mean, I was pretty impressed with Dan Hillier when he was coming up through the amateur watching him play um, as an amateur. Oh, now he's obviously pro, but he was very good, very young. Um, and he's going on, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll do good things um, the next few years, that's for sure. I think he's just won a couple of weeks ago, obviously. That'll be a pretty big breakthrough for him, I'd, I'd say, mentally. And Yeah, he's really at that. He's really um, taking it to, like, duck to water, isn't he? He's just, 
done well yeah. in all the events and then like say he's managed to get get the win as well and trying mm. to get that uh, European tour card now I think yeah if he does that I think he'll be away laughing he yeah. almost won played a European tour event in, um, in Ireland this year and he I mean he all but won that you know the last couple of holes he made a couple of bogeys but it was like he was leading with three holes to go and his one of his first European tour starts basically so he's uh, got the goods to kick on so he's probably one of the more impressive guys I've seen back home come through the ranks in the last few years. Yeah, no, that's cool. So normally ask if you've got any kind of, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you or the, or your funniest golf story out of, you know, all these different tours and playing golf oh. around the world and stuff. Have you got any kind of gems? Um, not off the top of my head, but uh, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. I mean, most of it's off the course where, you, you know, there's always something going wrong or whatever. There was one <laughs> who wasn't actually involved with me whatsoever, but um friend of mine uh who was playing the event it was a, a three-round cut so we had to play the saturday at carnoustia which was probably 45 minutes drive from st andrews where he gets up in the morning and can't find his car keys it's like nowhere to be turn the house upside down there you know oh, he's no. two times in an hour he's 45 minutes drive from the course and he's like and his golf clubs are in the car locked in the car so he's like what do i do so he's like jumped in a cab cab 45 got to carnoustia and he's got no golf balls no jacket, no anything. It's, it's freezing cold. It's blowing 60 k's an hour. It's raining. He's got no umbrella, no weather gear, nothing. Had to buy some logo balls at the shop. Got a hire set. Went out there, and I mean, I played an hour and a half in front of him, and my feet were numb on the last hole. I was, I had full thermal everything, and he had nothing. Um, and he had to slog it out there in the last round to sort of to just to finish. And he was obviously basically hypothermic, frozen. And then the next morning, woke up, went to take the car back to the airport and um, still couldn't find his keys anywhere. It was just the most bizarre thing. Um, so he ended up having to smash the window, get his golf clubs out. Oh, no. Get, get the car towed back to the, the airport um, and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's just all these sort of things that you never see behind, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. Misses that end up costing you a few hundred pounds to sort of, for the insurance of the car and all that sort of stuff. So there's always things sort of going wrong, but yeah, usually the craziest stories are kind of off the course, I guess. I haven't really had too many on the golf course. I, I bet he wish, wishes and all that that he just smashed the window at the beginning, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just oh, brutal. Coldest, wettest, windiest day. Oh, no. last. Just, I mean, I was freezing. I had everything on and had umbrellas. He had nothing. just getting soaked, just hating life. But, uh, well, bugger. That reminds me of that guy last week, the Jeff Wint Winther, was it? He got locked in the toilet, didn't he, on the final yeah. round? So he had to get get broken out of there. And then... Yeah, save the day. They sort of figured out he was locked in and went and got someone to to break the door down. But imagine that, losing the tournament, getting stuck in a toilet. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he managed to get it over the line in the end, didn't he? Oh, I know. Brilliant, man. Look, I really enjoyed that. You've got some uh, incredible stories there from playing all around the world, like actually, literally. The whole world. There's probably not many countries you haven't played in by the sounds of it. Too many, but uh, we'll try and tick them off in the next few years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So now, man, good good luck now when you get back into it. And uh, yeah, look look forward to watching out and seeing how you go and uh, hopefully get that win and cheer you on. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. All right, mate. All the best. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. No worries.